This is Radio Free Pro Wrestling. The home of smart and stunning wrestling takes. The liberation starts now. Welcome to this week's episode of Radio Free Pro Wrestling. Wrestling. We are happy to have you here with us and Great news, everybody. The band is back together. As is myself, Sean, David the Smart Mark, and Jake from the Winning City. We should be throwing up the two sweet sign because the club is back together, buddy. Mount, 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 the mount, mount, mount. The band is back together. I am so happy to be back. It was a great uh, couple of weeks uh, in my home country of the Philippines. Uh, it was pretty tropical getting to enjoy it with the family. You know what? I kind of, mi- I really missed you guys. So I had talking about wrestling. So I'm definitely uh, happy to be back here. No time like the present to start talking about some professional wrestling because it was a crazy weekend. And we'll go to the control center to catch you up on the wrestling news. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. David, Jake, my first story to you is one that's been breaking for a while now. As Ted DiBiase Jr. is the first person connected to this Mississippi welfare um, scam going on. That is actually been charged with like 20 counts here. He's allegedly received $3.9 million to two companies that he owns for services, for like social welfare services he did not provide or were intending to provide. And if Ted DiGiassi Jr. gets found guilty, he pled not guilty this past Thursday when he was in court. He can face up to like 120 years in jail. Jeez, uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., like he is... He is truly the million dollar man. Yeah, I mean, it says uh, it says uh, according to Tiago that he could phase up to 120 years in prison and uh, misappropriating millions of dollars in federal safety net funds intended for needy families and low income individuals. Pretty, it's pretty sleazy and uh, kind of fits the name of the uh, the million dollar man right there. Unfortunately, in, in such a bad way, but uh, the price may have been too much over here. <laughs> well, clearly everybody has a pride. Money, 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 money. A bit of a shock there. I mean. He- He's got cool. Bye bye, Ted. I think, you know, from what reading over here, you you guys might tell me something different over there in North America, but he's got a a flathead screwdriver and he's screwing himself into a hole because he is. um, He's got the prison and he's a good looking man to go to prison. He's not going to want to drop the (laughs) show. Damn. One of the sad things is the whole family could possibly be heading to prison because his brother Brett is on the hook for like $700,000 and his father. Ted Sr. is also here, and he was asked to pay back, like, $225,000 in this scam that has, like, members in the Mississippi government involved with it, too. And also, NFL Hall of Fame quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, Brett Favre is also tied to this same scam system here, and he may be facing some legal issues as well, if you've been reading the news lately. <laughs> yeah, I saw that uh, name as well. Um, you, you, know, you know what they say? The best characters are... Uh, extensions of oneself. <laughs> and that's this baby, like the purest example right here. They definitely like screw themselves over in this. Well, if they are guilty, um, well, you know, they're not quite sure the dollars. I must admit, I haven't seen about Brent. Oh, that's quite funny. Wow, he's obviously dragged some people in as well as the dollars Ted Samuel doesn't go because he's a man of religion now. And we, you know, I believe that. So he's not to go. Father, 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 Ted, father, Ted. Ah, uh, Father Ted, that's one for you, Jay, Mr. Well, you know, guys, it's just sad because this is the state of Mississippi, and me and Jake both know that this is probably the poorest state in the country, and this money could have gone 
long way to helping a lot of people down there. Yeah. It's really important to uh, just help out the uh, the ones that are in need. And uh, yeah, I mean, this, this story has turned out to be true and uh, they are found, uh, they are found liable for it. So, uh, you know, that, that backs the, the legacy of the D, of the DiBiase family. So, which is, yeah, kind of unfortunate. <laughs> we'll keep you guys up to date on this story as we follow it along here through the course of 2023. Let's move over to stuff that actually happened in the ring this past weekend as over in London, 1PW crowned their first world champion and David, I think this is a good choice for you because I think you'd be happy. Will Ospreay is the first world champion for 1PW the second time going around. Yeah, you look at, you look at the uh, second, the, the resurrected Will. I think Stephen Gould is do, doing it right this time. Less imports, more British players. Um, he's making sure he's selling out his crowd. He's making money. So he's not robbing Peter to pay Paul on. And he's got to deal with fight. I'm looking forward to when the show levels. Um, Ospreay became, um, for those that don't know, there was four quarter finals. Um, the, lead, or the four winners leading to a four weight. Um, looking at the card and looking at the results, they kept them short all the quarterfinals for around 12 minutes, including apparently quite a spectacular Mark Haskins, Old Furman one that ended up with Vicky Haskins putting the fire extinguisher in Old Fate, and the old former ECW world champion, but one PW staple. Um, and then you got to the full finalists, which were Haskins, Karen Noir, uh, Osprey, and forgive me, I can't remember the, uh, can't remember the full, but, um, Osprey triumph. Uh, there was a bit of a bit of a, a, a bad moment, and that was a genuine fight in the front row, and fight involving families as the match came to an end. Nothing to do with the match. Just in families that have allegedly fallen out, and there was a few. There was a few fish started flying, but Osprey sorted it out, and it took a little bit of time off his triumph of mother, but he, he handled it with great humour. And the more important thing, he fist bumped the child that. Um, a, a dad has been trying to get his child, his very young child, out of the way if you've seen some of the YouTube footage. Um, apparently, by all accounts, a really good card. Quite surprised with choice soul, captain him and ladies challenge, but I'll, uh, no, I won't spoil that, but by all accounts, great card. And they are now for the next show at the Engine Shed in Lincoln where they go in and that is a great little venue, I can assure you, because I've been there for a lot of rock gigs. They've announced Matt Cardona versus Will Ospreay for the one PW Championship. Don't expect Will to drop it, but it's a great card to um, sell out against sell the engine show out again. David, I feel like that's a great kit for 1PW for their next show coming up because I feel like that would be one hell of a match and it's a coup to get Matt Cardona because right now everybody's speculating where he's going to go because we know Chelsea Green's in the WWE, but David, there's more British wrestling news because there's another event that happened over the weekend. It's Chapter 151 of Progress Wrestling. The final act between Carl Noah and the lore spiked her bay. This match went 30 minutes and 2 seconds and somewhere in the middle of this match Carr got injured and unfortunately for all you non Spike Curvey fans he's still your progress world champion well I'm glad that so glad they've actually kept it on but I think it was a, I think it was a mid-rate call because um, from what we've cleaned from uh, Spike coming out as actually Simon his real name uh, and saying that um, Cara Tom Wilkins in, in, injured himself quite badly halfway through the match Cage match first ever progress Cage match which I find quite strange considering it was chapter 151 and the bigger venues that they've also played in London which actually included Wembley Arena and this is the first cage match apparently it took a little bit of the edge off it but Cara powered through and did 30 minutes it's now broken so that also 
we talked about one PW previously. That also doesn't bode well because he was being given the put in one PW as the Black Swan, as the old car in a while. Um, the character that has been beloved in progress wrestling, no two ways about it, hugely talented. A wine shop been picked up. He'd be a brilliant fit for AEW with Carrot. Absolutely brilliant fit. Could you imagine him in the house of Black, for example, if you've seen the Black Swan character? Um, throwing it out there. Um, but anyway, yeah, Spites have to retain. I don't think it'll be on blow. I think down below the title, probably next chapter or two. Chapter. Okay, so Tom Dotton's went to Twitter later Sunday night, Monday morning, and stated that luckily there wasn't like any fracture of the leg, but now we have to wait for this one to go down to see if he had any damage to ligaments in his knees or his legs. So we want to send out our best wishes to Tom Dotton's for a speedy recovery, and we're going to move over to our next story. And Jake, I know you went to Monday Night Raw, but somebody else went there too. One CM Punk. This is a crazy story. I went to the arena uh, just an hour before uh, the show actually started, and I got like uh, alerts on my phone saying that you know, and uh, and saw on Twitter that uh, there's a video of CM Punk talking with Tamina Snuka in the parking lot of the Allstate Arena, and uh, of course the entire wrestling internet community uh blew up and uh and i think and the, the reports that i've seen from pw insiders that punk um uh, was in the building for about at least 20 to 25 minutes i decided to talk with the guys and also got the chance to talk with the miz and trying to uh and uh try to just uh, patch up some um some beef they pre they previously had uh from what i heard of and uh he also tried to uh, talk to um uh the big man paul Levesque, um to see if he can have a chat and then um and then hunter um hunter said it was cool but I'd, let me just see if i can just uh, clear with Vince first, and then or that uh, Vince McMahon uh, heard about it and asked security to uh, ask him to leave the building. So yeah, I mean, what a crazy uh, Monday night it was. And and I got to say that I was a little surprised that we didn't get to that uh, we didn't hear at least like one loud CM Punk chant um, uh, in the entirety of Raw, which kind of tells me that uh, maybe those uh, those passionate fiery fans either moved to AEW or those fans who come to Raw pretty much have given up. But yeah, it was it was one crazy night, and I. I I still couldn't fathom uh, uh, what has happened there, David and uh, and Sean. Some people would say uh, this was definitely a publicity stunt. Uh, Punk could have definitely done this uh, before, like visited uh, visited some friends, uh, even if he wasn't under a contract with AEW. So I have no idea what his intention here was. Um, maybe to stir up some buzz, but even that, like, stir trying to pump up some buzz for a show that'll be two months later um i couldn't i couldn't understand the the reasoning of that but uh like you know cm punk still still grabbing the the wrestling world in the palm of his hands and uh more credit to him yeah that that is a very very that, that's better than that that whether you like him or not he he, he shifts units he wins units he draws attention now i i you said you read you you heard about it through pwir yeah i've done it through um uh, bouncer so instantly my hat comes to up because obviously Meltzer's not going to do bunk any favors with the way he reports on it. Which, yeah, but you still know that anything Mel Meltzer's going to heavily, heavily paint it anti-bunk. Um, I think he's got some balls in doing it. Because he knew he was going to, like, you, you, you intimated that. He theory this was going to hit the internet faster than the Vindaloo hits a, hits a toilet pump. Um, real... Real middle finger, Tony Khan. Um, without a shadow, without a shadow, without. If I was Tony Khan, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm long. You guys know I'm normally filled up. I love the bloke. I think he's brilliant. I think he's great for wrestling. I love, the, love his attitude. But if I was Tony Khan, I would be 
angry. Excuse me, Sean, you'll need to wear a there. I will be angry at that. I really, really would. And as I say, I'm full books, but I don't like, you know, but you're trying in the middle of this negotiations to bring him back to do the best for your company. And you get reports that he's turned up on Monday Night Raw and you're thinking a myriad of um, different thoughts. What's he doing there? Why is he there? Who's he talking to? Why is he gone? You know, it's, it's, you know, I mean, he turned up at, um, was it the pro wrestling? And, you know, no one got on that high horse when he turned up at PWG, did they? All right, they nope. were there, but they didn't get on there. They, he um, was even at the, the New Japan show when he saw Mercedes won the, the title in, in, yeah. in the Bay Area. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, uh, up and roar about it, too. That, that was the one he went with, uh, with, um, with Lars from Francis, uh, was like Yeah. Yeah, with uh, with Lars Fredrickson is uh, his best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So now, um, yeah, it's a great story. I think mean, absolutely. I, 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 when I first read it, I had to giggle. Oh, you know, so you, you really are going for it with them, um, me. But um, yeah, it's it's it is what it is. Um, and only he knows his motivation, and we. Won't. Well, gentlemen, we'll just have to keep our eyes open, our ears open as this summer of Punk Three Point continues. As it's rumored that he may be be back in the same building in about two months when AEWW is their Saturday night programming, so we'll just have to keep our eyes open. Definitely. Well, the Collision uh, show that's going to be in a bigger building, but uh, I digress. <laughs> As we're talking about people who are movers and shakers in professional wrestling, over the weekend, Mercedes Monet lost her New Japan Pro Wrestling Women's World Title at the All Star Stardom event, but we also learned that she's going to be at the next New Japan show here. Here in the states called resurgence so do you see Monday staying with new japan pro wrestling and not coming back to north america to do shows i could see that happening uh, within the next few months uh, if not to a year um i will say that i got to see the uh, the stardom event uh yesterday like well the the last uh the last a couple of matches and uh i thought it was a very decent uh decent match uh, between mercedes and mayu watani but i gotta say that uh in terms of like the quality of women's professional wrestling in japan um even though that you know mercedes definitely brings that mainstream attention uh to stardom it kind of it kind of does expose like the 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 difference quality and of our rankings of between you know the uh the japanese the, the japanese women wrestlers and mercedes like when when there's the the joshis like they are so good and uh, it seems like mercedes is trying to keep up well with that style of wrestling so uh but yeah i mean uh, yeah i mean but it was still a decent uh decent night of uh of stardom and uh hey it was it Definitely got some uh, buzz within the wrestling world, so got to give some credit to that. Um, but yeah, I could see Mercedes uh, uh, stick around uh, throughout the year. I'm actually curious that if she does decide to uh, come back to North America, maybe uh, do a couple of stints with uh, AEW with their, in terms of their relationship with New Japan. Will she? Uh, will she come to a Forbidden Door? Does she have any interest on in that? So she is definitely like what an independent contractor should do is like trying to weigh in her options and and uh, trying to see what leverage she has. Uh, yeah, no, I I think she's I, I think she's showing Bindor. I think she's absolutely showing Bindor, but I only think it will be short term. Everything she seems doing at the moment seems to be short term. Um, you know, she's not. Let's face it, New Japan have a history of um, keeping her titles on champion for a reasonable amount of time. So she's dropped this quite quickly. Um, but I, I think you nailed it there, Jack. I think she's showing Bindor to come out at some point and challenge Hater, maybe hopefully Hater anyway. But I don't think a long stint with AEW's women's division would do her any good because she's not doing anyone any good at the moment because it's dog shit. With the exception of Hater and Brit. Um, even, you know, even what they're doing with the, uh, the Storm Soho, um, Soraya 
faction there, the out jobbers or whatever. I now it's just I can see her trying. I can see why it's just not working. But anyway, I'm back to the point. Yeah, I can see her showing up a bit. I think a little bit of chocolate is is the way she should go from now. Yeah, a couple of pointers on the stardom event. Uh, I get, I do give them some credits, uh, and uh, they definitely improved on some of their presentation and uh, the commentary team uh, being involved with Chris Charlton as well. Uh, obviously, they do. Yeah, she's yeah, he's obviously great. Um, obviously, they still have a lot of work to do. Um, I think doing a pay per view and then putting it on Stardom World a couple of days later—that I don't think that's the best option to try to grow your audience. If you're trying to grow your audience, you're trying to expand to the North American audience. I understand New Japan doing that. If you're going to try to grow an audience as far as Stardom goes, uh, just you know, just keep it at Stardom World and have it in one place. That's uh, one critique that I would have. But yeah, so still a lot of improvements and still a lot of work to be done as far as their presentation goes. And obviously the quality of matches, it's it's incredible. So uh, I see some big things for Stardom uh, throughout the year. Exactly, Jake. I do believe that they're on the course to grow even bigger in 2023. Now, one final story we got to talk about, I saw on Twitter over the weekend that James Drake and Liverpool's number one Zach Gibson has gone to Twitter and announced that they asked for their WWE release and it was denied so they are going to be out of contract mid-October 2023. So David, how do you feel about the two gentlemen that were throwing out as Grizzly Young Veterans becoming free agents? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's difficult when they're decent wrestlers um, and they let go when there's other tax still left in the company. Um... They'll always have a job over in Louisville, progress to have them walk back straight in and um, take the titles off Sunshine Machine tomorrow, like tomorrow. So you, they've always got that. They've got plenty of connections up north. Obviously, having the NXT um, exposure gives them a little bit more of a wider audience. Would they go to AEW? I think, unfortunately, if they went to AEW as good as they are, they'd get lost in the um, in the mix. I'd I tell you a little bit of fantasy booking. Maybe they got, if the Blackpool Combat Club got rid of Wheeler Useless and brought the Grizzly Young Veteran as part of the Blackpool Combat Club, particularly with, obviously, Gibson being the, the liver the Liverpudlian, which isn't far. You could tenuously, you know, play on that. Um, I'd like that, but I, I don't think that... I, I think they're going back to British wrestling. I, th- I really, really do, unfortunately. I mean, she's saying because they're bloody good, the pair of them. Yeah, I think you're right, David. I feel like this is more about them wanting to be out and about wrestling and not a money issue. I feel like their role inside of Discism has not fulfilled them and they are such great talents it is disappointing to see they didn't try to put the titles on them before they left because they put the titles on pretty deadly and they're easily the same level as pretty deadly oh, talent wise yeah. how long let's let's get one thing that i haven't got in that favor with a wwe audience is they're a lot older genuinely um whereas obviously um the two lads from pretty deadly are Perfect for a WWE audience, but we'll come on to that with the draft. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your control center for this weekend. Ready for professional wrestling, gentlemen. We're sliding over to the sunny six questions as we debate six of the hottest topics in professional wrestling in the last week. It's time for the stunning six questions. All the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully, David and Sean can make sense. And David and Jake, my first standing question for you. Back on Monday Night Raw, Triple H came out and he claimed to shape the core of the WWE to its foundation. <laughs> you your house move? 
as he presented the new heavyweight world title belt. See, Tony Khan's not the only one who's doing some uh, <laughs> some uh, disappointing uh, su- uh, surprise, so-called surprise announcements. <laughs> a lot of people like the uh, like the the look of the belts. Uh, I think it's just like trying to rip off of the uh, of the big gold belts. I mean, to be honest with you, if they want to bring a new belt, they could have just brought brought that back to be honest with you like it's fine but whoever wins it it's clearly they're clearly not going to be at the level of roman whoever beats roman will be the real champ and i'm just really disappointed at this uh at this uh decision right here um why bring a new championship when roman is at his peak right now uh waiting until he loses will be the better move and to introduce a new championship and this will be like the, the what is the the third uh, world title belt that we're going to see here it, this one will feel like a participation trophy i i just don't i don't like it at all I, I i hated this and the lineage of the wwe championship it's really a hot mess right now this is about the this is going to be what the the fourth time the titles have been have been unified and and split apart since like 2001 it, Explaining a new fan of the lineage of the the WWE Championship, uh, it's going to be a headache and a half. Uh, look, I understand that there's a good portion of the fan base that wants to see a second world championship. However, I also see the record numbers that WWE is doing uh, with having just one traveling world champion in Roman Reigns. The evidence is there. It's not just my personal pre- preference. The evidence is there. The numbers are up. <laughs> it feels like some of their success is attributable to the consolidation of the title belts. And, you know, like, I don't think this is a mass... I don't think it's a massive mistake, and it should please potential television partners to know that each brand will have its own champion. But at the same time, it does take some of the prestige away from the titles that Reigns holds. And it will be hard to not to view this new championship as a as a consolation prize. Does this end with the men's single ch- singles championships? Will each brand have its own tag team champions again? Um, and what's the point with the Intercontinental and the U.S. Championship? Are uh, are they going to have? Are they going to be brand specific as well? It just doesn't help uh, the the idolization of the championships at, at all. Very quick, like. Vince is back in charge. Vince is back in charge. It's a shit decision. It's an awful decision. It's going to be the Cody for paying the Cody um, consolation belt. Um, and if they put it on Cody, it's against mistake. Well, I'm this is a further, yeah, this is further justification that Cody should have won at Mania. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like? Yeah. <laughs> he Mania. Just, he's got no divine right to win at Mania. And he never, I, I honestly, and I called it, and I honestly didn't believe that at any point he should have. And he, don't forget, we're dealing with God. We look at things logically. The three of us look at things logically. We take wrestling common sense. These guys don't give a flying about wrestling common sense. Vince and done that. That was done just to cock up because it's Cody, because it's the Rhodes family. They've never got on. He was never going to win it. Never, in my opinion. Um, but if he's if he's gonna win this belt, like that doesn't even, that's not gonna be a part of the lineage right there. <laughs> Ironically, it's very it's so ironic. If Cody wins wins this belt, it's just another out out another FU to it. Well, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, well, I don't because it's it's bookers and they don't make any sense. You know, we have more common sense booking knowledge between us, and we've never been behind the curve. And and there's, this is just another illustration of that. Sorry, Scott. I interrupted you because I wanted to get me full penalty. Okay, I agree with both of you guys. This new World Heavyweight title to me feels like the bronze medal in the Olympics. And 
to me personally, you had a solution staring you right in the face. You had this WWE draft coming up that we're going to talk about later in the show. You can draft Gunther over to USA Network and Raw and go, hey, USA Network, here's your world champion. It's the IC title. It's Gunther. And you can build the guy up like Roman Reigns to be like the dominant champion. And you don't need another world title. And if you want this pretty nice looking title, you present it to Roman on his thousandth day and go like, we acknowledge you as our travel chief with a new title. And he only has to carry around one belt, not two. Problem solved. Sure. If you want to build up a new, uh, an up and coming guy, uh, def- I-, I definitely get it. Uh, but you know, I- I'm like, like I'm old school. Like I rather prefer the one traveling world champion. That's all. Okay. Okay. Then question number two, gentlemen, was last week's opening to AEW Dynamite show where we saw three of the four pillars in the ring cutting each other down in a promo. Was it this is a little bit too inside baseball? Uh, I don't know if it was a little too insider baseball, but I thought this segment really sucked. And it is really disappointing because like you, this entire opening segment was just an insult fest that made Jack Perry and Darby Allen look so bad and probably made a lot of fans feel that they need to choose between the two. Um, I'm fine with the idea of going with a singles title match rather than, and then a four-way of the pay-per-view, but the idea of a three-man tournament was just plain weird. And look, and this... This is another example. This segment right here is another example of how MJF is just clearly miles ahead with the with uh, with the other three guys in terms of you know talking on the mic, being confident on the mic. And the thing about this whole this whole thing, this 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 overused term of the four pillars. The thing about the four pillars in all Japan: Misawa, Kawada, Kobashi, Tawei. The thing about those guys is that they were actually the four best guys in their in their peak, in their top. They didn't just pick four guys in catering, uh, four guys that were backstage one night and just call them pillars immediately. I mean, that that's the thing. With Darby, uh, with Jungle Boy, with Sammy Guevara, is that I don't think those guys are in their, are in their best yet. I think they're still w- ways away from that. I mean, hey, they're, they're great guys, don't get me wrong, but to have them put that in that high standard of the four pillars and just just name them off the bat by the by the wrestling community i I think it just just does it a disservice to them so yeah i mean this is just a polarizing segment and i just didn't i didn't really enjoy this at all i agree with pretty much all you've said that jake i'm certainly currently being a fan of japanese wrestling he's picked up on the old japan you've just nailed it um but whereas the, the ultra power pillars that, that were um, a very famous past wrestling segment, they were the best four guys in the company. Um, he's picked four guys that have been in the company since day one. And unfortunately, MJF is, is what, you know, the world champion is one of them. So he's picked three others that uh, he's still getting TV time. You know, so you could have dragged out Jimmy Havoc. Um, you know what I mean? You could have dragged out Peter Avalon. You could have dragged out Mark <laughs> and Stone. And now, yeah, they're into the fall, but you know, uh, mate, it, the only one who's come out of this for me with any credit, and I slightly disagree with Jake here, is for me, is Darby. Um, Jack Perry can go away and just like, oh, I'm just I'm saying to feel the whole bad. I listened to Cornette earlier, and I meant Cornette, when he talks booking set, it's compulsive listening. And he was saying that, and he wasn't. I mean, you go at any of the four guys. He wasn't pressured by them. But he was just saying, Jack Perry is just wow. He said, kids, they want to do tiles for more. They want to wave their arms. 
and he's got no charisma on the mic. Yeah, he's all right. But how many kids do you see dress up in a loincloth? Uh, but but don't no, think about it. Really? Really? It's true. It's true. Darby Allen, at least the kids put the face paint on. They, they That's a good point. Darby Allen. They do relate to Darby Allen. Um, Sadie Guevara has more turns than a three-wheel bicycle because it'll be in mid-promo and he'll go face to heel, which does him a disservice because he's probably the best actual wrestler out of all of them. But he just wants to, for some reason, it's the AEW thing, he's another one who wants to kill himself live on TV. And they're going to get it right because it will be Derby best after the pay-per-view, without doubt. And that is the right call. Derby has got stronger on the mic for me, um, for me, and I think he was getting better and better. And at least when he does his dives, he actually just throws his whole body at it. He doesn't look false because it's that mad. You actually think, Christ, he could have hurt that. Yeah. The style, uh, yeah. Of, the style of MJF versus Darby does one in me. That's right. But I, yeah, I agree with you. Out of the three, uh, Darby is the most improved uh, out of the three, definitely. So, But anyway, we'll see where he goes. But yeah, it, it sucks. The old Jake, that Jake said right early on, it sucks. I mean, it didn't get better. You know, guys. As I was watching this and I was leaving this segment, I didn't know who to cheer for if I was just a casual wrestling fan watching this. I was like going, okay, Jungle Boy, I mean, I feel like I should be cheering him, but then he starts laying into the fact, oh, hey, Darby Allen, you're only here because you couldn't cut a skateboarder. I'm like, that's not a face move. And I was just thinking about as you guys were talking, I personally feel like they should never have done this split with him and Lucasaurus, and they should have hanged him with Christian. And he also should turn heel. Sure. That could have definitely probably added it. But, but yeah, and also what the, I just want to add one more thing that the, the, the psychology of, uh, of these three guys is that, you know, it's two baby, supposed baby faces against the heel, which, which definitely doesn't help. And then doesn't, it doesn't put the baby faces over. So you see there, the psychology is uh, right there is a mess right there. So, uh, I, I, with tonight's dynamites, I'm curious to see where they go from here, but, uh, yeah, I'm just not, just not a fan of it so far. Yeah, right. The, the thing is, like, very rarely if they out and out faces that, that heel. Everyone's a tweener. Everyone. You know, even MJF got cheered when he came out. And I think that was more fucking sadness from the shit said with Matt Maxwell. Um, sorry, I'm really swearing this week. <laughs> I do apologize. It's been a long week. Um, but I think he genuinely was. They cheered him because they were bored with the segment and new business quote day out was about to pick up. Sorry, Sean. Carry on, mate. Never bleed for out. Sorry. So let's just stick with AEW. We're going to fast forward to Saturday night as we're watching Rampage. And there's one person week in, week out, or like the last three months has definitely improved to me. And I will admit it right now. Jay, you are right. Is Julia Hart the best home? grown talent that the women's division AEW has besides Britt Baker. You can definitely argue that. Uh, but look, <laughs> I mean this sincerely. I'm not just being like a fanboy right here, but I I, I definitely think that she, uh, she is genuinely becoming the one of the most improved women on the roster. And I could definitely see if she continues to go this route, move on from the from the varsity blondes, which is so bland. Um, I thought she definitely improved, like and uh, definitely stuck out to me, like uh, this past uh, this past weekend on Rampage. I really hope that she continues to get the catch the attention of attention of the AEW fan base because, like, hey, she is a star in the making, in my opinion. You know, Jake, she has her look down. She has the interest down, and I mean. She's getting better with Tommy Ann and having Brody King there in that group helping her with her match psychology. And you can see the improvement in the ring. And 
Okay, the reason I made this question was because the person that came down to attack Julia Hart on Rampage was somebody that, David, you know that I care about a lot. <laughs> it was Anna Jay. And the fact that here's Julia Hart and Anna Jay, they kind of came into the company at the same time. And I feel like Julia Hart has passed Anna Jay. I agree with all you said, boys. And if it means you stop stalking Jenny and move on to someone else, then, then everyone's happy. <laughs> oh my gosh, David! All the all the fi- the, the the fire sindlers here. <laughs> as soon as as soon as Julia Hart puts the wrestling side of her game together, and as far as her and as far as her performance in the ring, she's going to be. I I totally I totally think that she's going to be a valuable asset to the women's roster because she has the look and the character side down already. Uh, she she definitely needs uh, some more uh, psychology to her uh, to her match frame. Yeah, I agree with that. The character's definitely there. It's definitely improved from leaving the varsity bands. And you know, it is true. She's um she's improved. The character's interesting. So it almost when the character's interesting, you can almost forgive little little mistakes in the ring because you're invested in the character already. Um, which is where I think uh, it's been more probably you two are talking about it being more notes. But yeah, I, I would agree agree with a pair of if she some come on in leaps and bounds and let's hope she can make that improvement. By Christ, does that women's division need it? Okay, Gemma, we're moving over to our fourth stunning question of the week. How do you think Pretty Deadly is going to do on the main roster as this river that they are one of the teams on the move this weekend as we get ready for the WWE draft? And if you watched last night's episode of NXT, they were sleeping with the fishes at the end of the show so they kind of get written off of nxt so i got a feeling they're coming to raw or smackdown what a great way to kill them off in nxt huh <laughs> jeez i'm really curious with this new with this new administration and now we have uh, vince back in the in the fold i am i am a little bit concerned though uh so i they sent them to the water like rock did to uh, austin back in the day so <laughs> we've seen yeah it's, it's been a while since we've seen a good murder on wwe tv if you would ask me they will be the a better fit on raw since pretty deadly are more the uh, uh more of the entertainment side of things and the more storyline driven uh, type of type of tag team so i could see that happening uh but but again like you know with this uh with this new administration you know it, it depends to see if they do uh get behind them or not i love them um i have do well simple as that well you know i'm hoping that they get a chance to face the new day when they're all healthy and they're back together because i feel like the new day versus pretty daily would be a highly entertaining feud but i like you jake i'm kind of concerned with this new registration because if this was triple h by himself i'm like okay cool it's fine he sees the talent inside pretty daily he's gonna use them properly it'll be okay but now i just don't know mm. yeah do that okay gentlemen we are moving over to our fifth stunning question and david with this injury to carnival how does this mess up progress because i'm trying to think who can face specter bay for the title until we get car back from injury um, two obvious ones, Ricky Knight Jr., Dan Maloney. Um, Ricky Knight Jr. is currently the Atlas champion. Um, Dan Maloney has been, been earning around the title, um, title picture for a while. Then the only other thing is I think they bring someone back, but who I really don't know. I would like to see Dave be, be, be given the title. He never had a long title run in the first place. Um, and obviously he's a big name. He's, you know, he's now got the experience. He's now got the name threat of the WWE. Um, but they're the only one. Um, I do think that Spike's going to drop this quickly. I get a feeling that Spike's going to keep this title over the summer and we're going to see how fast Carter can get back in the ring. I do think Big Demo is a good possibility if you want to have somebody to fill that role as Carter as the babyface trying to get the title from Spike. But I can see Spike just basically 
probably keep away with him over the summer until we get Cara back and we get back to dispute again. The reason I say, Damo, as well, if you, um, I know we haven't seen it yet because it's not dropped, but they've teased on car on one five one. They teased a bullet demo feud, obviously prior to the injury. So it will make sense that they could now combine that and bring that in, so to speak, and just work it for a couple of shows. Exactly, David. We're moving over to our sixth and final stunning question of the week. And gentlemen, this past Monday Night Raw, we saw Bad Bunny for one segment, the very last segment of the show. <laughs> Jim, are you ready for Bad Bunny versus Damian Priest in a singles match and we're not getting a six-man with um, the LWO and Bad Bunny? <laughs> To be honest with you, I'm really excited for this whole <laughs> for this whole thing. Wow. Hey, hey, bad bad bunny has hey look, I'm probably drinking right now, but hey, bad bunny I'm is trumped by from the front of thing. God wants I had a ton of vodka there, so that could be that could play a factor on that. So, but hey, to, hey, I'm might be the only one that said that. Hey, I'm enjoying bad bunny's run here, and to be honest with you, he has so much he has so much talent and charisma, and I definitely do want to continue to see this. Hey, with the and with the LWO, like hey. They're making some good merch, good merch with the new logo. So, right. hey, that is yeah. true. Don't deny that. However, yeah. I would rather stick pins in my scrotum and perhaps six hours. <laughs> I thought I put set on the mouth. Well, you know, I was thinking once you saw that the fact that Zayla Veda is going to face Ripley for the um, title, I kind of got a feeling that they weren't going to do another like multi men match because you already have a six man with Usos versus Sami Zayn. Kevin Owens and Matt Riddle. So I was thinking, like, they're probably not going to have two six man tag matches on that card. But like you said, Jake, Bad Bunny's highly entertaining. And the one person he's trained with for his time in WWE is actually Damian Priest. So this should be on paper a good match. On paper, it should be entertaining and high flying too. So, but I got to say, think about this in terms of like premium live events. WWE is not going to hold a pre- hold a PLE in the continental U.S. until SummerSlam that's going to be in Detroit. So, yeah, so they got back last year in Puerto Rico, obviously United Champions in uh, Saudi Arabia, which is a whole nother discussion. But then we got money in the bank. Then we got money in the bank in London at the O2 for the WWE fan base that are outside uh, the continental U.S. to at least enjoy some shows. That's very Exactly, Jake. That's a good point. And the Puerto Rican crowd is going to help this batch be better than what it would be normally if you had this match inside the United States. This crowd is going to lift this match up. I feel like this crowd is going to make you feel this match maybe two or three times better than what it actually is. I hope this will be like a triple A crowd uh, in Mexico, <laughs> considering how boisterous they are. So <laughs> can't wait. I'm very, I'm very curious to see how this crowd will be in Puerto Rico. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was your stunning six questions for this week on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. We are heading to our main event as we're conducting our own very mock WWE draft. We have selected Jake to represent Friday Night SmackDown, and Sir David the Smart Mark will be the representative of WWE Monday Night Raw. And Jake, you won the coin toss behind the curtain. So with the number one pick, who is Friday Night SmackDown taking? Ooh, for the number one pick, this is a great one. I'm going to take a big risk here, and I'm going to say I would like to see Bobby Lashley uh, go to SmackDown. (laughs) Ooh, that's a highly interesting first move for the Friday Night SmackDown. I did see that one coming. Great talent in Bobby Lashley. Somebody I wish they would push a little bit harder. Yeah. Okay, David, with the number two draft pick, who does Money Night Raw counter with? Um, I'm going to say pretty deadly out of NXT. I think they're very entertaining. I think they'll do well. Um, as long as they're not giving two shit to Yemi, I think they, they, they can wrestle. They've got charisma, um, and I'd like to see them. I think they will make that, that team division 
which is Blasty Raw Raw. Okay, pretty deadly is a interesting choice from Monday Night Raw. They are a former NST UK Tag Team Champions. They are a former NST Tag Team Champions. And last time we saw them, they were sleeping with the Fishers. Jake, with the third draft pick, who does Friday Night Smackdown take? Well, ironically enough, my next pick will be from NXT. And I think uh, SmackDown does fit more of his style. So I'm going to pick the former NXT champion, Braun Breaker. Ooh, that's a great pick, Jake. This gentleman is a blue shipper on the rise. He had a solid run as a face champion in NXT. He just recently turned heel. We'll see why he does on Friday Night SmackDown, Jake. I think it's time for him to to come up after, like, uh pretty much a year and a half in, in NXT. So he, he's definitely got the, the talent and the charisma. So I really want to get see him in the, on the main stage. Okay, David, over at Money at Raw, you're at pick number four. Who are we taking? We are taking one of real fun on the world. We're taking Solo Sokoa. Ooh. Ooh. So, so actually, Money at Raw is bringing over Solo by himself. That's interesting to see. Because I think the bloke, he's a bit like a gunther. Um, a bit like Daddy, definitely a bit like Daddy, um, Drew McIntyre, a bit like the same. I can see that in him. I think he's got it in him to be a solo star. And to be fair, he's wasted in the Benoit. He is. He really is. Like, you know, I want to see him, see how he can do on his own. Yeah, it's a good one. Okay, Jake, you are at number five for Friday Night Smackdown. Who is Smackdown taking? This is a good one. So hard. You know what? I'm going to take a... Take one heck of a risk here. I'm going to say Bailey. Ooh, so you're just taking Bailey and not damage control? I don't know if damage control has a lot left to do, in my opinion. See see what EO, what, how, what EO can do and how she could fare on her own. So I, I think I'm going to say Bailey to the, to the SmackDown roster. Okay, David, back on Money at Raw. We're at pick number six. Who is Money at Raw? I'm going back to MXT, my friend, and I want you to go with. This is a great pick from Money at Raw. A personal favorite of mine, Davis, Gigi Dillon, has been around professional wrestling for a number of years. She had a chance to win the NWA World title in a match against Serena Deebs, and she's been one-third a Toronto attraction in NXT. She's a former NXT Women's Tag Team Champion, and she was also close to being the NXT Women's Champion back at Stand and Deliver in LA. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Okay, Friday night, back down. Pick number seven, Jake. Who are we getting? Sure. I'm going to pick for SmackDown, Seth Rollins. Ooh, what a great pick. And man, Seth Rollins has fallen down the draft four here, ladies and gentlemen, as he's coming in late in the top 10 picks. But Friday Night SmackDown has picked up a former United States champion, a former WWE Universal champion, and probably one of the best wrestlers the WWE has at the moment. Yeah, and I don't think we've seen seen a lot of Seth Rollins on the blue brand. So I'm, cur- I'm curious to see if they do go that. I would like to see... Seth, how he can do on network television. Okay, Money Night Raw and David Mark, you are at pick number eight. Who are you selecting? This is something I never ever thought I'd say. Right? Ever. But I've enjoyed their work. And I'm taking the duo, sort of duo here. A tag team, if allowed. I'm taking Dominic and his mommy. Hey! Ooh, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> on their own. I want to develop that relationship because that's dark as hell and i like it you know that that might be a, a sneaky sleeper pick from money night raw and david smart mark seeing those two guys away from jessup day might be very interesting tv i love i love them i just love them together okay 
We're moving over to pick number nine. It's the final pick for Jake, the leader of Friday Night Smackdown. Jake, with your final selection, who are you taking? I'm going to pick one more person from NXT, and she has a ton of a ton of talent, a ton of uh, momentum behind her. I'm going to say Roxanne Perez. I think she's right. Yeah. And if you watched the last night's episode of NXT, she lost her chance for a rematch at the NXT Women's Title as she lost in the three-way, and she was pinned in the match by Annie Hartwell. So I got a feeling she's coming up to one of these shows, but Jake has taken her at pick number nine for SmackDown. Sir David the Smart Mark, Monday Night Raw. This is the final pick of our mock draft. Number 10. Who are you closing the show with, buddy? Uh, I've wrestled Jake, and uh, neither of us have gone down obvious routes and just gone, let's go major, major superstars. We've actually, I'm impressed with Jake's bits. He's thought about it, and uh, hopefully you can see I have with, with regards the development, and there's just something a little bit deeper in it. Now, my obvious one, I mean, Jack, Jack picked Seth, but Seth's not an obvious. Seth's one to put a world title belt on still, but he's not in the main event at the moment, but should be. Now, my obvious one to pick and bring over, and this would have caused consternation, but I'm not going to do it, was Sammy Zach, based on current popularity, you know, and, and plus the fact, I, the, one of the reasons that I wanted to really do it was I hate the fact the Riddles got involved with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Absolutely hate it. They were, yeah, but so I'm leaving it. I'm stepping away. I actually thought about it. I'm stepping away. And the one I'm going to pick, and again, I'm going underground, and I'm, I'm pleased Jake went underground because I quite like that. And I'm picking one of the best wrestlers that WWE have, but I'm not, even though he's not a big star at this moment, and I genuinely believe he will win. And I'm picking William Regal Jr., young Charlie. Now, now that's a true sleeper pick by Monday Night Raw and Jake David the Smart Mark. I mean, there's not much to say about Charlie Dempsey. I mean, he's great in the ring. If you watch any NST UK or you currently been watching the last couple of months of NST. It was biased because I love Regal. You know, you all know I love Regal. But his son is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. It's English style wrestling. And obviously, I'm drawn to it. And that's, I'd love to see that given to the masses. Which names stick out to you, uh, Sean? Okay, so I like Charlie Dempsey. I thought that was a good choice. I don't see him come up real live here because I feel like him and uh, Drew Gala still have a lot to do in NXT right now because they're basically going after the North American Championship against Wes Lee. Now, the Ross and Perez pick, I feel like, is good and also pretty deadly because they both kind of got written off NXT TV. So that's kind of like a wink and a nod. So if they don't get moved up over the weekend, I'll be surprised. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> There's some good stuff in there. There's some well-thought-through stuff, boys. Well done. Yeah. Do you think uh, KO and Sammy will be have a significant, um, significant outing here in the draft, do you think? Or is it too early to split them up? Or do you think... Uh, I think but, well, they're still the champions, though, but... so My, my gut feeling is too early to split them up. But, I just have, but what worries me is the sedition of Red Up. Really, really does. Okay. Mm. Also, what came into my account as well, depending on how this works out, was when he's AJ Styles. AJ Styles was do about three. Yeah, AJ Styles. I'm very curious where he's going to end up. But so he, lately, he's been on Raw. Yeah, exactly. last time yeah, we seen him is on Raw. Will he end? You know, will he come back to Raw? Um, Jake, do you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good question. Um, 
there could be a possibility that he can come back to SmackDown, but he's 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 gone back and forth like a lot, a, like a lot uh, the last time. So I do think he's gonna stay in Raw as of right now. So and I certainly think when he does come back, he needs too many pushes as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that has been your mock WWE draft 1.0 here on Radio Free Professional Wrestling. But gentlemen, before we go, we got to take a moment. We need to thank Joe Adonato and Dan the Mouth Rabassi as they are doing their final episode of AEW podcast this Wednesday evening. It should be out Thursday morning on the Sunday Night Main Event Network. Gentlemen, it's kind of a sad ending to this era of good podcasting by those two fine gentlemen. Yeah, uh, it's so bittersweet. Uh, obviously, you can't go wrong with Dan the Mouth Lavransky. He has been around the wrestling, uh, the wrestling talk scene, especially even especially before podcasts were even invented for the latest part of 25 plus years and such uh such an intellectual uh not intellectual knowledge and mindset on the history of pro wrestling i've always enjoyed speaking to him and getting to meet getting to to meet him on a personal basis and getting to speak with him it's it's always a pleasure like he is truly one of the kindest human beings you will ever meet ladies and gentlemen um so yeah i mean it's a it's a it's a bittersweet time but i wish i wish dan the mouth lavransky and obviously, Joe as well. All the best. Um, they have been two, uh, yeah, constant entertaining voices in the in the pro wrestling podcast scene. Obviously, and with uh, I'll and yeah, and obviously Mouth, like you know, one of the first one of the first voices I ever heard on live audio wrestling. Uh, so it's been it's been a hell of a time and uh, and one one fun time as well. So all the best to uh, to uh, brother Mouth right there. Yeah, I mean a lot to give face the. Um... The pure flute of when I was um, in Afghanistan and subscribed to live audio wrestling. Uh, and I could only ever get, whenever I got back to somewhere where there was Wi-Fi, I'd have every episode download. So I'd end up going from a famine to a peak. Um, and I always ever remember things, and I've told them this myself, that when I heard his voice and first heard his interaction with um, Jason and John Powell, I hated it. I actually thought he was being... <laughs> I absolutely thought he was being a deliberate asshole heel. And then I suddenly figured out it was just the dynamic between them all. And I started to listen deeper, you know, to quite the best that I look with bigger eyes. Because bearing in mind, I'm, I'm in the middle of a war zone listening to this podcast and like an angry young well, thinking, what the hell is this after? He doesn't know what he's on about. But yet then I realised that he was the wrestling badger of the group. Um, and then to discover his love of vinyl and his love of music. I mean, oh, yes. You know, his love of obscure music. I, I, I absolutely love to admit, and I love to tell the story, that I was with my first, this sense of first impressions can be completely on its head. Dang, uh, like, that kind of shocked uh, me a little bit, because like you and Mouth, uh, uh, David, kind of fit each other's characters uh, very well. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> As we both discovered when, you know, when we, when we've talked, absolutely. And then that, that please, this was just a snap judgment. I was in the war zone getting shot at every day. All I wanted to listen, <laughs> this is a true story. All I wanted to listen to was That's a, wrestling. a wrestling update of what I was missing while, while I, cause I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not there. And I was like, just shut the app up for Christ's sake. They had to talk. They had to talk. And then obviously as I got to know, and got back and got to listen. I still listen to the show, subscribed it all, and realized that, that, that Dan was just exactly as you described him. 
And I'm like, I, I often giggle to myself at how stupid I was. Absolutely. Hey, but hey, this is not the end uh, for Malv. He's still going to do his uh, his music show. As you mentioned, uh, his uh, love of music, uh, David. Yeah, he's uh, his uh, his music show, uh, Dr. Malv's Rock and Roll Lunch Party on CIUTFM uh, every Tuesday afternoon, uh, lunchtime. So yeah, I mean, the, he, you're still going to hear, uh, you're still going to hear Mouth every now and then. He also mentioned himself that he's so he might pop up uh, every now and then too. So, but yeah, all the best to uh, Brother Mouth, and uh, we're going to miss you, lad. Yeah, screw you, Ed Winova. <laughs> uh, I feel like there's only one way to wrap up this show in honor of those fine gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been an entertaining day here on Ray Free Professional Wrestling. Until we see you next week, stay stunning. Top guys out. This is Sergeant Arms of Christina on behalf of the guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.